개우고 지워버린 것 같습니다. 그래요? 돈을 만들어 놨는데요. 그러니 어떡합니까? <웃음> 
that we can convert together. You've bought a van. I've bought a van. How have you slipped that one past so me? So we can convert it. What is my toolbox? And we can also for? just we can also just not drive. Fun. So we'll just be like in we'll a static it, van we'll outside our house. Sure that we're positioned on a hill so it can roll. <laughs> just roll up and down through a valley <laughs> page. But we loved it. I also last one. I also saw Minari in the cinema with my mum, which I absolutely loved. Have you seen that one? No. I've Watch it. It's great. It. It's so great. And it's also about a Korean family in the states. Oh, kind of yeah, crossover episode totally with what we're talking about today. Um, yeah, so we're talking about a Korean film this week. I yeah. didn't pick that up. South Korean film called Madame Freedom from um, 1956. And just an apology in advance, we're probably going to butcher every South Korean name we try and say. We're only going to try say three. Yeah, so we're so keeping it simple. So why don't we just get that out of the way? Yeah, so the director is called Han, Han Hyung Mo. Han Hyung Mo. I'm going to go with that confidently. And then the... the Protagonist. The um, husband is called... Chang Taeyun. Yep, or we could just say Professor Chang because I think he's referred to that as well. And then the protagonist is Son Young, um, who is a traditional housewife mother who then goes through this transformation through the course of the film to becoming kind of like this individual woman who has a job and has her like sexual freedom. This is some natural transformation. She doesn't just fall into this stuff. She seems to be like, shit, I have to get me. A side thing. Yeah, I have to get <laughs> a job even though I don't need one. Yeah, because she's I have this wealthy to start family. Going to dances that she looks really uncomfortable <laughs> at. Yeah, so she's like actively decides this is my new identity. Yeah. This is the modern South Korea. It's a new space. I'm going to follow the new me. And she it just seems goes for to it. be impacted by. Okay, so she has this phenomenally sexy neighbour. Oh, yeah. Who, who plays is jazz. swaggy as fuck as well. Do you remember his first outfit? It was like... Uh, it was like a little beret number. Oh then like God. a matching like cashmere scarf. And then like he had like a man bag vibe, mm. like leather. Honestly, like wouldn't be out of place on like, and, like a catwalk a striking today. Top, yeah, he looks sick. Oh. And he's so peng. He's so peng. And she's like... He like has yeah holds back no holding back. no literally so he'll play his jazz super loud on purpose and her professor chang husband will get super uptight and be like oh my god he's playing music again while so she'll go child labors yeah. over homework while their three-year-old <laughs> child i actually honestly like my guy that tiny baby he just gets violent for the whole honestly, film it's so it's tragic so anyway so yeah son young goes over and has to try and half tell him off but not really tell him he's off. like I love you, you're yeah. so sexy. Get Let me teach you right to now. dance. Uh-huh. I can show you the world of jazz, blah, blah, blah. And then next thing you know, she's gone, she's got a job at Paris Boutique. Yeah, which is just like sells like Western cosmetics and other Western products that Where imported. her boss is a woman. It's kind of like you're entering the working woman's world. Definitely. And like, so she starts off in her like super traditional South Korean garments and then she ends up working the boutique. She slightly changes it, gets more like Looking modern clothes. Um, and her, her boss, starts kind of hitting on her no 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 her Wait, boss's skipped a chunk. husband who oh yeah there we go the place um and no it's everyone who comes in mate like everyone, everyone she serves in, yeah. all these men are like oh, hello and i think it's something about the fact that she's working in this yeah. like western cosmetics Definitely. place like these all these western products like this guy once comes in and he's like where are all your products from me and he's like She's like, all our smelly stuff is from <laughs> Paris. All yeah, look at us. And she America. Lit- there's that like, saucy bit. And then he's like, bit. fuck me right now. Yeah, literally. But it was that saucy bit where she was like trying to advertise some like sensual pillow spray to a customer. And it was like quite an outrageous uh-huh. moment. Yeah. Um, so basically, it seems like the Paris boutique is mm. like a kind of sexual, like a sexualized space. Mm. Like these cosmetic Western products are like... 
Definitely. A sexual stimulant, like an aphrodisiac. Yeah, even. and the way that, yeah, she doesn't become, like, a sexual object, really. And Like, as a mm. housewife, she's pretty desexualised and, like... Yeah. You don't see even the slightest hint of like this... romance and or anything like okay, ooh, between her and her husband. When it starts getting wacky, when we start getting lost, was when she <laughs> basically got kidnapped. Do you remember that? Yeah, what by this random woman who's like, mate, you're coming with me. Yeah, yeah. In the and car. then she ends up in this wife's like, diners club. And we at mm. this point had just watched the Stepford Wives. Yeah, and we were I like, that about oh. That. Um, they're it all like sitting, over, sitting around this table smoking cigarettes and then there's this like entertainer and it's super like Sopranos mafia-esque like yeah. all these women sitting around like lads they like, bitching it... about their husbands yeah. although what it actually is is just like an elite wives club so yeah. they had to be these super high class and she felt like she had people. to go yeah. that's why she was I'm kidnapped I don't fucking understand yeah but it was literally almost like a kidnapping and um, yeah so I don't even know where that falls in the trajectory of the plot that was just at the beginning of her her Cause transition because they're all having affairs. I'm pretty yes, sure they're all like, that's what encourages Dally, her to do it. You need to get yourself a little mad. Side, you need a side like, salad. This is the new way, bro. Definitely. And then her boss keeps asking her, well, not boss, but like boss's husband or whatever keeps asking. The owner her. of the boutique. Oh, meanwhile, okay. So there's there's sort of two plots throughout the film. Yeah. There's her storyline. Then there's this evil duo who I can't even really remember where they fit in. Like, I'm pretty sure they have something to do with Paris Boutique. And one of them's, like... Oh, is this the gangster storyline? Like, yeah. Yeah, they're basically, they're importing Western products illegally. Yeah. So it's like this... I think what they were trying to do was have, like, a literal version yeah. of representing how American what? products cor- corrupt. Yeah. yeah, what's going on. Like, yeah, this definitely. is actually the life of crime version. Yeah. But they're just this, like, little evil pair. And there's this awful moment where like like it doesn't really make sense but one of them saying like we've made one million dude had a really evil laugh <laughs> yeah and then some at some points those storylines like vaguely cross over but they're kind of not really they're not really part of the same film i'm not gonna lie it's all a big way to say americanization this time well no it's a melodrama yeah it's a melodrama around the theme that was like prevalent, which is the Americanization Definitely. that was taking place after. Maybe we should mention the, the Korean, Korean War. War. There we go. So the Korean War, like, there's so many Donnies involved in this. Oh, um, it's ridiculous. It's literally insane. Every fucking country had its own <laughs> play. But but like the core players, you've got one side. You've got North Korea backed by like the Soviet Union and by China, mm-hmm. and then you've got South Korea backed by like the countries in the UN and like namely the US which was like a massive presence and it goes on from when like June 1950 to to July 53 and it was obviously awful it was a war but like two to three million civilian deaths oh jeez I didn't even know that whole mess like ended in like an armistice and then this four kilometre wide demilitarised zone between the two countries and then like each kind of being like taken over not taken over but like having like control in the south by mm. the US and in the north by the Soviets. And and don't do you get like a similar thing to like Berlin Wall vibes where you get families like just split down the middle. And it's and still it's still like massively affects today's career because there are families that have not been able to see each other and only in like 2000 they introduced a scheme where like there would be this lottery and you would randomly get to see your family members that you'd been 
like parted from by this division and you could only see them once yeah it's so surreal it's so like some like dystopian yeah, black mirror episode of you get this one chance to see your family never again 20,000 meetings that's crazy that's so crazy that the legacy is like still going on mm. in that to that extent um but yeah, just so, wait just no, before no, the korean war um japan had like only just given korea independence after following world war Two, whoa um so like there had kind of and like i'm pretty sure before japan they'd only had a small amount of independence from like yeah so like all, it, it was kind of just a long a line long of thing. not being but that's what's so weird when it comes to like identity formation and all of these things mm. because like as we see in this film there's loads of like encroaching of the west and like yeah. how that shapes people's like roles in society and blah 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 so this was a period when like cinema was kind of launching mm. and becoming very popular so this film um it like kind of it marks the beginning of the like golden age of cinema mm. in south korea what's termed that so this is like very beginning because mm. it's like this is like just after yeah. the end of the war do you want some juicy south korean cinema trivia yeah, yeah. i really do and i'll so, dash some back at you too at the same time that this was released the most prominent oh here comes another name the most prominent name, the Beanock of South Korean cinema, <laughs> was Shin Sang-ok. And um, he was called the Prince of South Korean Cinema. He won the Gold Crown Cultural Medal, which is like the top artistic honour. He was like the just the, the king of cinema. And he was married to Choi Eun-hee, who was a beautiful South Korean actress. So they were like the ideal couple. And then... They split up, and then Choi goes missing. Um, she's kidnapped, but, like, in this kind of way where, like, she's taken and then taken around and, like, shown all the sights of North Korea. And, like, in this fancy hotel, she stays. And it turns out that Kim Jong-il has kidnapped her because he's just, like absolutely like enthralled by her beauty and stuff mm. um and she's like i think for like years yeah and like take but like she can't as long as she doesn't like try and escape everything's dandy like she's treated like princess and then shin kind of falls out of favor with the south korean film industry and goes looking for her. he's like where's my ex-wife like oh i don't understand what's happening <laughs> I guess he wanted to make more films for them. <laughs> um, and then when looking for her, he gets kidnapped as well, but taken to this like hotel. And he's like, well, I don't know what's going on. And then he tries to leave the hotel and then he's put in prison for three years. <laughs> um, and then he's told his wife's dead. And oh my God. he's finally released, but like into North Korea and then is reunited with Choi Yun Hee. So it seems like Kim Jong-il was, like, trying to get them back together. And then he kept them around and he forced them to... They had to critique four films every day out of Kim Jong-il's 15,000 film collection. collection. Yeah. And um, it was basically because Kim Jong-il was, like, a massive fan of film. His father had been, like, a big film buff. But the North Korean film industry was not very good. It was literally trash. And he (laughs) thought that this was because under communism, actors 
knowing that they're going to be supported mm, don't get like yeah, well. yeah yeah it's like get complacent yeah so i guess it was like this weird sort of like way he was trying to bring the film industry into a communist world yeah, by definitely. stealing it from a capitalist one and they ended up making loads of films for north korea and they were terrified to go back to south korea because they thought that they would be like killed and or... then and didn't they have to because i thought i was gonna be in the dark about the story but i've actually bizarrely like listened to a podcast about it i think it might have been a behind the bastards or it might have been a radio lab i've listened to one i want to see the film yeah see that's why I've, I've, I've come across this story and like i'm pretty sure then they do they work together and somehow get a crazy escape plan by they pretending to, to get vienna. back together yeah they mm-hmm. go to vienna as like a duo and then and... they're at this like ambassador's party and basically the whole time that they were being held hostage not hostage they were being treated really nicely, but like, but like they still against their will, to yeah. Make, films. make good films yeah. and be a couple. Um, Kim Jong Il somehow they'd recorded their like sessions yeah, with it was him crazy. in it's order so crazy. to have evidence that they were indeed like kidnapped. Because yeah. he was just like so honest about his plan. He's like, okay, so guys, I've stolen you <laughs> in order to help my own like cinematic aims. <gasps> like we need a cinema here. I'm taking crazy. from the south, yeah. Um, and then in Vienna, they went to the ambassador. I think the... Do they just seek asylum in Austria? They were just like, help. Help, please, please let us get yeah. back. But yeah. So so this guy, that little very interesting tangent, um, he's the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, so what time is that? This is at the same time. I mean, this all happened like later in the 60s. I think they got back to the country in like the 80s. Oh my God. Jesus okay. Christ. So that was running alongside this. Um, but that was just like the state of... You can, yeah. you can get some context about Korean cinema from that. Um, but Slash is just juicy. Loads of people kind of ask, like critics now, kind of ask like how you can make such a polished film this close after the war. But basically like the US made this massive effort to kind of promote South Korean film and its industry via this thing called the Asia Foundation. I don't know if you came across it, which mm-hmm. was like, it was like a CIA front organisation. Wow. Um, because they did were really worried about like leftist film oh. production in like China and Japan being super popular. Keep it all melodramatic, yeah, exactly. Guys. So they were like, right, we're going to massively champion like non-leftist filmmakers, which yeah. like commercial films like melodramas. And isn't it? So it was like a counter, but it meant that there are actually loads and loads of films and like, there were obviously different genres, but yeah, the melodramas was definitely mm-hmm. the most famous and prominent yeah. genre of all. So I read a lot of opinions that said that, so our man, let me try it again. Han Hong Mo made explicitly melodramas. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of opinions that melodrama was popular at this time because melodrama is the genre of like social and political crisis. Like, yeah. A moment of like definitely social upheaval. That's the genre that emerges. Which I but, I never thought about that before. But yeah. also, um, melodrama is still massively popular in Korea. There's this thing called... I mean, I guess it's just kind of like your average reality TV. It happens everywhere. But, like, there's this thing called the morning dramas. And it's the same niche of, like, women, adultery... Yeah. Um, cosmetics, high-end, like, Western products. So maybe it's just become and such a core part of, it like, happens, the It's, it's film released identity. in the morning. Because they're, like, husbands and kids aren't out of the house. These, the <laughs> so it's literally, like, it. that's what, like, soaps were, isn't that? Yeah. Okay, not, nugget, isn't that why soaps are called soaps? Because they were originally, like, at a time when it was, like, housewives, this might be a complete lie, but housewives in America watching TV and they were, like, promoting 
Soap. Soap and like cleaning products to these like 50s housewife vibes. In between, they would show these dramatic programs. I've never even questioned that. So I think that might be a lie, but I think I've also, I think that's that's rooted in some truth. So rather than this being like the genre of the moment, I feel like it's just. It's always. It's just an early soap, really. Yeah, true. But like there were definitely lots of films like. Yeah, you're right. There's lots of films like this at the time as well. So this is not like a unique film. I mean, it's labeled as like the Korean blockbuster, yeah. like, the most controversial, was, popular film ever. What was it? it um, I can't remember the stats, but, like, it was enormously popular. Yeah, it was really popular. And so popular. was the book. The book was the first... So it's based off a book. Yeah, which was originally, like, a newspaper serial, which came yeah. out in, like, 200 segments or something. Mm-hmm. And like, in, the, in a Seoul newspaper called Seoul Newspaper. <laughs> um, Imaginatively it, named. When it was put into a novel, it was the first South Korean book yeah. to sell over 100,000 copies so literally but it went down an absolute treat which yeah. is kind of funny considering it is such like a controversial topic it was the first what was the kiss one that you told me? oh yeah so like so our director Han like his um his like seminal film which was Hands of Destiny in from 1954 had like the first on-screen kiss ever. I thought the first on-screen kiss was in Madame Frieda. No, it was in oh. his film, but from two years before. So, like, his, oh. he's clearly quite Which is another, engaging with, like, scandalous yeah. things. He's quite on the edge of that, that stuff. That was another melodrama. Um, but wasn't it about the war? It sounds like an elaborate porno. <laughs> okay, it's about this bartender woman, and then the police bring her this man who's, like, it, he, they've beaten him up, and they're like... He's a northern spy. And she's like, no, he's not. I promise. Like, I'll I take love him. him. <laughs> and then, like, she cleans up his wounds. Turns out she's a South Korean spy. Oh, my God. And I love he's the drama. not a northern spy, but he doesn't know she's a... Anyway, it's a crazy film. And apparently a lot of the films in this period were around the same themes of, like, spy, 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 spy. Spy, but also a cheeky kiss. And then... Did you read about his other film, which was called... Well, the English translation is Hyperbola of Youth. No, I literally didn't come across that at all. That's what it's Hyperbola of Youth. (laughs) And when I first read it, it sounded like a sort of like Freaky Friday thing. Mm. But no, no, no. It's about this one guy. He's at uni. And he falls sick from overeating because he's really, really rich. (laughs) And then his doctor's like, why don't you switch lives with your uni friend who's got malnutrition because he's poor. Oh, and then it all it's ends like happy. It's like super versus super skinny, but like but Korean like version. Also Freaky Friday. But also and then Freaky it Friday. all ends happy because they both marry one another's little sister. Ah, nice. Okay. Nice one. I don't, also, doesn't that seem to have like some weird subtext about mm. North and South Korea and like, oh, I don't know, overconsumption and like poverty? I, I think that's like... Um, it's kind of interesting that it's the other way around. So, like, wait, was the North Korean one the underconsumption? No, no, they're, they're both South Korean. Oh. I just feel like it has an interesting, like... It's yeah. It's perhaps a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> a metaphor. It's a metaphor. But I think what's interesting is that these, like, lots of these things verge on, like, slightly scandalous or outrageous topics, but then they mm. always, like, reaffirm, like, values at yeah. the end still. What They say that melodrama is one of the, like, most effective vehicles for, like, concealing political messages because Definitely. they're like overridden with this like domestic scenes tears yeah. and domestic scenes and yeah. drama like yeah and the same with like um not just like pol- like political ideology but like yeah like a morally didactic like end i don't think that's even concealed to be honest though that's quite like obvious 
so besides his films that he directed or wrote, I don't know. No, he didn't write this obviously, it was a book. Um, <laughs> the doy. Han Kuing. Just, let's just call him Han. Han. Han also um, was a cinematographer. Mm. I think you can see that. Yeah. Like in this Apparently, film. so in the bits where it's like from above, mm. he like constructed the like crane yeah. himself. I saw that. That was insane. Yeah. So, um, that's, in, so that's in, um, basically there's these dance sequences where this yeah. is when They're Madame amazing. Freedom has gone to like the underground club life. They were my favourite bits. Like yeah. They would be like so like elaborately staged and... There was this one song which we will play. I can't remember the fucking name of it. It was called Something Blossom. <laughs> like Apple Blossom White. Wait, I've written I can it, get down. it I can get it for you I'm right now. It it's called. Oh, yeah, I sent it to you. Da, 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 da. Okay, so it turns out we're never going to know, but we're going to come and put that in. No, in a look, minute. I've literally written it down. No, I haven't. I haven't. It's called Apple Blossom Blue. Apple Blossom Blue. Right, we'll get back to that. Um. <clears throat> Cherry pink, and apple, apple blossom, blossom white. white, Perez Prada, <laughs> and it was the number one in the US the year before the film was made. Hmm. So Americanization in the soundtrack as well. But they perform like the band that's on stage perform it with these really dramatic like the way that they trumpet is like super like <laughs> like it's so, so exaggerated. So kind of just like slowed down. Like there's nothing fun about the dance hall. No. Everyone's dancing really like it's Stiffly. creepy, no? It is creepy. And it's very like Casablanca, kind of America of the mm. I don't know, forties. Definitely. And all of them sitting there like with their beers and like some of them wearing more modern garments than others. And at this point, our our lady, she's she she's kind of still quite I don't know if I wanna be here. Like exactly. he's like have a beer and she's like Alcohol What is that? Get it away from me and then this woman comes down and does this crazy, crazy dance. dance. I want you to just read your notes. No, because I feel <laughs> really mean. About it. Okay, so I feel like we're enjoying talking about this more than maybe our actual viewing experience. But I want Maddie to read her notes, original notes from the dance scene because they were savage. Oh, so... <laughs> she got them. And is like it trying to be like Josephine Baker vibes? Yeah, mm. and like miserably failing. Well, not miserably. She looks sweet. She looks like she's having. She's the only character <laughs> who's having a good <laughs> time. Like that is so true. Everyone but else is hating life. She also does look like, like someone's mum at a mm. family wedding. Like just gone a bit wrong. Like thinks that they're just absolutely like bopping. Like thinks they're like it's so hard. And has kind of no clue that they really look like just an really octopus. Doesn't... He's um, a bit pissed. Um, Sung Young. Mm-hmm. just looks really not very happy and she's watching this dancer i also said that at the time that she looks like a dying snake dying snake my favorite movement was the one where she kind of like blings each arm and then she's like also shaking her hip when i was trying to be more positive about it i was like i think that beyonce must have studied this closely when choreographing Beychella. Okay, well, that is, like, a big compliment and also baits out your immense love of Beyonce. (laughs) And then I've said that it kind of looks like a bird mating call. Yeah, I get a bird mating call from it. You can't tell the audience is, like, watching her in, like, horror slash, like, amusement or is, like, actually captivated. Yeah, that's so true. Um, but yeah, so if we didn't say that before, his, his, like, camera angle in this bit is really interesting because it, like, goes from being, like, mad bird's eye like we Mm. said with the crane that he created down Mm. to like eye level Mm. and like some critics um which i read said they were like really baffled by his like mastery of these like very conventional like hollywood techniques of Mm -hmm. filmmaking yeah 
So at this point, she's on a date with her neighbour, right? Yeah, but I don't know if it's a date date. They more have like a flirtationship slash friendship. I don't think it was that like, you know? He's fucking like feeding for it. He's like, come out on a date with me. I'll show you how to dance. But I think he genuinely also has this intention of like, I want to show you the finer things oh, in life. What did you Your think that when they started AF. rubbing their faces together and falling over to supposedly represent okay. that they're having sex? Okay, yeah, I did forget about that falling <laughs> over. That was like the most comic representation of like a sexual like, interaction I've ever seen. Like, oh, smoosh, smoosh. Face oh no, face. we're on floor. <laughs> we must have checked. Yeah. And oh, the weirdest thing in this film is like i could not stop noticing that madame o is constantly positioned with like some plant or like other sort of, mm. like maybe phallic i don't know it's maybe too far some plant between her and the man that she's seeing as if she's like blocking herself off but it's the camera's choice to like block herself off from this man like that's really her boundaries. just it's every scene that she's mm. in there is some object but i don't know if it was like they just couldn't move it off the set but, I think it would be more strategic yeah, than that. Like his, his like cinematography stuff makes it seem like it would be mm. an intentional decision to put it there. I so think maybe this, that's like this... the. Is there a point when there's nothing there anymore, and she like overcomes her like decision making of like, does she want to be in this life or not? I mean, when she's rubbing faces with that. Yeah, true. Maybe that. Oh yeah, let's talk about our favorite thing about the whole film, which was this oh, one. <laughs> this one cafe. Coffee shop! So, okay, just explain a bit about our personal viewing experience. Um, how would you describe our viewing experience on a scale of, like, 1 to 10 happiness I feel level? Like rather than scale, um, a good anecdote is that at one point we got so bored that we paused the film and went through our entire contacts. From A to Z, just telling each other stories about random individuals <laughs> of, like, why should we have their phone number anymore? Which really doesn't paint us in a good light as film podcasters, but, like, we just could not focus anymore. Like, no. we had to take a break. And, like, there were definitely a couple of moments that we, like, enjoyed as being quite silly or like visual fun stuff and music and fun stuff but mainly shop. yeah we were going a bit lo- spare I and that would bring us down to earth was 25 hour coffee shop it was shop. super like jazzy like i liked the like sly kind of kind of camp like melodrama sort of mm. james bond vibes but yeah. like the storyline was almost not fitting with that yeah definitely um the kind of like hank mancini-esque mm. music all the way through like it was it, it was, was appealing in those ways. But it was it was a place you wanted to hang out, and it really centered us back to the film because literally, whenever it came on screen, we'd be like, "Ah, yeah. you're there twenty five hours a day at the twenty five oh, hour coffee shop." That's great. Oh yeah, so that was a good time. Oh yeah, back on melodrama for one second. Um, it by like contemporary crits, it was defined as both a social melodrama and a romantic melodrama. Mm. And I just wanted to know if you thought that like there were moments in this that you could actually count as romantic, even though it's all about infidelity mm. and like there isn't actually that much like developing yeah. love, maybe. In, well, in a... I thought that actually the cutest storyline in terms of infidelity was between Professor. Professor Chang. Chang and his chirps. Yeah, that was yeah. kind of cute. Like she was really into him. So there was basically this student who he was working with, right? Oh, dodge. Oh, yeah, so it's already a dodge power dynamic. <laughs> she's but probably, hey, like she's probably sixteen. But no, so she's a university student, and like they start a study group, and they like and they he, um kind of all fancy him. 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 <laughs> they fancy him, even though he's like the most boring, he's hands off, so, grumbly, emotionless so man. But they were like, he, Professor No Touchy, or whatever the weird nickname they came yeah. up with him was. Oh, that reminds me of like, there's, 
a plethora of lines that are said in English. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, would randomly be like, good morning. morning. Hello. Thank you. Coffee, I think. Yeah. Like, they would just pop up. Also, when we were watching this, do you remember it was dubbed? And we couldn't work out what was going on. Yeah, that's so true. I actually forgot that it was dubbed. If and then we tried to work out if it was actually in South tell Korean. Us what was going on? There, it was dubbed, but we don't know in what language or why. Um, it might just have been that the sound quality came that's out really true. shit when they that's made so it, and so they had to just redo it after. Maybe. That is a classic trope of the time, probably. I'm just going to assert that that is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, another interesting question about this film is like, would we dub Madame Freedom, not literally dub it, as a feminist film, yay or nay? Because, like, critics are quite divided. Interesting little bubble here is um, the film ends differently from the book. Mm. So in the film, hubby finds out wifey's been a cheating. And he's pissed. She's been a cheat. He comes home, there's this like dramatic scene where it like starts on a clock and he comes home late and she's like, You've been with that woman. <laughs> and then she's like, ah, ah, ah. And then he finds out she's been with that guy. I think he bumps into them or yeah. something. And then they're both. No, like, I think I think the, fucking the, the cheater. Yeah, the owner man's wife confronts her and her own the oh, owner. Yeah. Not her owner, Jesus. So she comes into the house, isn't yeah. it? Oh my god. God, so basically all the chickens come home to roost at the same time. Meanwhile, it all goes up in flames. Always meanwhile, the poor kid is in the room slaving over like miscellaneous crying. homework and I crying. Think there's one piece of dialogue between him and another character. He's, he's just there just being there depressed. Being like, Why is my family and so, so mean? When the mom gets like basically shunned and humiliated in a way bigger way than the husband basically gets no backlash doesn't he get a slap she gets a slap from the wife and then she's just flailing around the streets in the dark being all mournful listening to this one French song and then she arrives back outside her house and then she goes and is confronted by hubby and hubby is like you're the worst wife ever get out of my house you're never allowed in back in in front of the kid who's bawling and then she's outside crying and there's this like tragic tragic tableau where like the kid is hugging her and is finally allowed to see his mom and just hugs his mom on the street but it's like they're both bawling while they're like dad stands ominously in the back looking on sternly but like so i guess you get the impression that maybe she would be accepted back yeah it's kind of like intentionally ambiguous i think in the book that it's based on what happens in the end is the wife is Repent, like Madame O's repenting. Like, yeah. She kind of like suffers her punishment. Um, she really like comes to terms with what she's done wrong rather than like, mm-hmm. hey, lots of different stuff was going on in this situation. And the husband then becomes a national leader in the mu- movement for language purification. So I guess the book, you could say the book's like really much more concerned with the reaffirming like the gender status quo than the film. Well, but I think also like sure. eradicating American influences. Yeah, definitely. Because um, that's what the language purification movement was about. No, not American, but like was about like purging like Japanese and Chinese loan words mm. from the, the Korean, Korean language. language. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty interesting because like, I guess in the book version, it's less feminist because she is only a redeemed figure because she gets back she's forgiven by her husband she's taken back in yeah and like i would say that there's definitely aspects of the film where you are like oh could this be taken in a feminist way like she does like just abandon her domestic duties and to and go and be an independent club, person the women's club Paris the like 
yeah. Paris boutique. Working for herself, making her own like economic and sexual decisions. Like you've got a female villain, but who isn't yeah. a female villain because she's a slag, which is a very rare. That's thing. so true. She's just almost as powerful. She she is as powerful as her like male villain cow- counterpart. No, um, or almost. She is. She is. Yeah. She has a gun in her back. Yeah, exactly. That so that's kind of cool. like all supporting it. But then you get other things more surrounding the film that make you think maybe not. Like I remember reading somewhere. I can't remember where I got this from, but. Um, like the posters that advertise the film would have like the image of whatever like a, a little shot from the film or a little painting of a scene from the film and then the taglines would all be like would you take her back if you were Professor uh, Chang so it was all addressing oh the like God. male audience although it seems like it's actually doing quite progressive bits Jeez. isn't that interesting because mm. I was like well no matter what the film seems to be doing what the intentions behind it were were yeah. maybe just to uphold the status quo I feel like also roles. in terms of like spectator involvement like yeah it was massively popular with women but it's the men in the film who are so professor chang mm-hmm. isn't it professor lang no it's chang yes you're right um was literally in about a million films have you seen his like, no imdb profile? no like honestly like, like scrolling, <laughs> scrolling forever I, got really? <laughs> I just couldn't scroll anymore and the um heartthrob like universal heartthrob of the guy that she rubs faces with like her neighbor fucking so gorgeous and i don't think that she was as like relevant of a figure she doesn't really have any performance as well she's kind of like this she's kind of a blob who floats around and stuff happens to her smile most of the time even when it's like mate you're being slapped in the face like yeah stop smiling no she's definitely a protagonist who the plot just moves around her and she's just mm. kind of like okay Early at the end when she's like cooking dinner for her husband is going back and he, f- he she throws this tantrum when he returns with his <laughs> present and she like flips the present yeah. and she's like your fucking class got you a present like you've been paying attention to another woman while her kids like crying beating the ground she's like but i think she swears at him and he's like Watch Whoa there! <laughs> yeah, I just feel like my main my main concern throughout the whole film was just the well being of this little you who's just yeah. so neglected. We need a klaxon when you're safeguarding. Yeah, literally, goes it's off. like ding 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 ding. <laughs> That's so true. Um, should we go for a filmy filmy wawa? Definitely. Filmy Just in case you have forgotten, our Wawa scale goes from wa to wawa to wa, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so like the sadder the film is, um, the it's higher the wa. With this one, because it's a melodrama, so like obviously like, it's emotional. it should be a wa, but it's just funny and also. It's actually not that sad. Like, no, no one dies. No, no one dies. I think the only sad moment is, like, we were kind of in this, like, slightly sed- semi-sedated state from watching the film because it is about <laughs> six and a half years long. <laughs> and when we got to the final scene where it's that really tragic tableau and the Babs, like, crying outside the house, we were both, like, kind of shocked back into the film. And I remember being like, whoa, that was really sad. Like, yeah. The, the end um, is it was pretty really sad. sad. It's pretty dark. So I'd give the ending, like, a wah, but I would only give the film well, as a whole, like, one yeah. single wah. Because, like, there's a lot of dancing goes on. Like, that's why it was so adaptable for the screen is because yeah. they wanted to celebrate this, like, dance hall culture that was going on in Korea at the time. And they wanted to, like, 
show you also all the like clothing stuff like it's why it was so successful as definitely it's like showcasing different aspects yeah, of like it's, modernization it's not trying to be that sad it's trying no, to explore which Korean is, culture I don't know if that's weird for like because obviously like melodramas are quite centered around like sensationalism and like artifice to a certain extent and but but they are also about like emotions and like mm. even though it can be kind of superficial loads of melodramas have got quite deep emotions in yeah. them and you do feel quite like actually attract i didn't feel like any of the emotions in this film were quite very deep mm, it's they kind were of all more, base level it that's, that's why i'm like han jong mo secret commie it seems to have yeah, much maybe more of an anti-capitalist commie. kind of like these like decadent upper classes with way too much time on their hands so they need to start these relationships literally spending too much money she's getting a job that she doesn't need there's all this like embezzlement and there's all this like sus stuff going behind the scenes of the Uber elite, uh-huh, like just Which, silly goings on. Doesn't it seem so rogue that they would be able to slip in that kind of criticism and it not be flagged up as like whoop? That's not allowed. I don't know what like, any kind of like monitoring of the film industry no, was like at the time. Melodrama. But it's just it's easy deliver easily deliverable, and also it was such a successful book. And yeah, I think the people book already familiar with the story. Was less like that. Yeah, so true. And people would yeah, so they associate them as being the same thing. Do you have a favorite scene? Um, I don't know if I have a favourite scene. Maybe the one with the women's club. Just because, like you said, it was just so comic with our, like, Stepford Wives lens that we were watching it with. It was literally like, whoa. Sopranos lens. Yeah. Because, like, they were all, like, sat around smoking around this table having this big lunch. Having a gossip. kidnapped to. Yeah. And then she had to sign this RSPV about another one, like, without her husband. She was like, but my husband's not there. Oh, there, there was a great line as well, I think, in that scene. Where one of the wives is like, we need to be economically individual to avoid the tyranny of our husbands. Yeah, that was and a great And then another line. one's like, yeah, what's their use? They're withering roses. <laughs> we must make money to enjoy ourselves. Oh, I know. You know what you're saying about the plant? Mm-hmm. I've scribbled down tree as symbol of infidelity. Oh, it's so a if you go, tree. if you go to like the tree vibe of like, there's a tree outside the house, isn't yeah. there? Where like people meet or something. Aren't they? Yeah, there's that as well. But yeah, so exactly. So that's where the the partner husband meets with his young, sweet young thing, mm. and that's and that's the thing where she always has the plant in between her and the person who she's kind of like. Ooh, oh yeah, with. then they're up against so, that tree in the end. Yeah, exactly. So that I think oh, I, that struck out to me as a symbol. Symbols. I know. I cannot tell I'm you so, how. Like I'm not just a annoying. Phallic symbol searcher. <laughs> like, it's unignorable. There's a plant. No, it is like so true. In every scene. Okay, well, I can't find any amazing more quotes. I think you pinned it down in that one. No, but really that well. lad's meeting was definitely our favourite moment. And I liked the kind of Casablanca club. Oh, yeah, it just looked like a fun place to be, machines. despite the fact that literally no one was having a good time apart from maybe one person. Mm. It would have been a lot better if we were there. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish we could go to the 25-hour coffee shop. Oh, me too. That's Yeah, I think what was nice about the world it created was, like, we, we wanted to hang out there. But that's what I mean. After Maybe we ships, should set it up. Going back to a 25-hour coffee shop. And never, never closed. it's got this great logo of, like, a kind of cartoon moon with, like, a face, which was just mm, so cute. I but, loved it. But that's what I like. I think that it's nice that we would like to hang out in lots of these situations, but we probably wouldn't want to do it with any of these characters mm. <laughs> apart from the peng student oh. shout out peng student mm. you're a bit of us and peng neighbor that is the peng neighbor um, he is a student. a student yeah he's a student wow yeah you can teach us to dance any day of the week um have you got any final bits and bobs i wish i wish as well um the book was referred to by a 
professor and critic. Oh yeah, this is jokes. An enemy to the state equal to 50,000 soldiers of the Chinese Communist Army. <laughs> and the author was just like, what? <laughs> like, we've got this super moral and energy bin also, weevil. Like, this dude who is commenting on this seems to be like one of the most preeminent scholars. Yeah, like, literally. Seems to be like the voice. The voice of reason, which anyway, that made me laugh. Mm. Um, but I think that might be all for now, folks. Thanks for bearing with us in our like literally four month long hiatus. But we're glad to be back. No, it wasn't. We, 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 the last one we did was in March. And what's it now? June. Well, I promise that we're going to be pumping them out from here on out. Yeah. And do we have a vague idea of what we'd want to do next time? What's our next no. continent? I have no idea. I have no idea. I think, I think it might be the Americas, s- you know. We're going to be starting to take guests on soon. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, hopefully. Um, get some, like, pros on the films that we're watching. We've got a few lined up. We do, but we're not going to reveal our cards just yet. If you feel like you've got any ideas, please send it to us. Here's it. Here's a. And you can mainly get. You can maybe muster your way into like one minute of airtime. You know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So just drop us a line at our great, great, great email address, madskiabutson at gmail dot com, or our Instagram around the world and YouTube cinema. And also remember, if you want our newsletter, which hasn't happened yet, but will. It will um, happen. It's mainly adult adults who are interested that. in that. But yeah, interest us. Uh, interest us. I can't speak right now. It's all going Send to shit. Send us an it's interesting email. Yeah, do. Send us a fun anecdote about you watching this film. We out.